Welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. I trust everyone is healthy and happy, or at least one of those two things. It doesn't really matter which one. If you're unhealthy and happy, yeah, that's good too. That's good too. I've seen some people that eat really healthily are just miserable people, and then I've seen uh, people that just eat like they're dumpsters. And they got a smile on their face, you know, they they, yeah, they enjoyed that bag of chips. They enjoyed that piece of candy. It's fun to go through the drive-thru. <laughs> so as long as you're one of those two things, then I'm happy. And I am healthy, as far as I know. Things are okay here in the Hoff world. Um, and we are, we're slowly starting to open up our circle, you know. We've added family members to our little circle and uh, i think that's i think that's a good step as as people are easing it's good to like say okay we can trust people we can maybe after a few days of seeing somebody that you you're familiar with maybe you give them a hug i don't know i don't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna encourage anybody to do anything that makes you uncomfortable but uh it you know it's it's been nice to open up the circle a little bit a little bit of course you're yeah it's opening up a little bit of risk but i guess you're doing that when you get in a car right get in a car to drive somewhere it's a little bit of risk but it's worth it because it makes your life uh worth living and so we are starting to do that uh we're still not going over to you know friends houses still not doing that yet and uh, as much as i miss my friends um and i'm not saying i have a lot of them, <laughs> but i have some i have some friends and uh i do not miss uh, I do not miss asking for the Wi-Fi password. That's that's the first thing people. Some people do when they go to your house. They like just step one foot in the door. What's the Wi-Fi password here? <laughs> and I, it doesn't matter. Okay, take take the Wi-Fi. There's not, you know, I'm not I'm not starving for Wi-Fi here. It's I don't really care. Here it is. Here's the here's the password. Um, use it freely, my good friend. Uh, some people, some people are weird about their Wi-Fi password. Sometimes you get somewhere and you're like, you're going to be there for several hours. So you say, hey, do you, you know, what's your Wi-Fi password here? Uh, some people are like, they lord over their password. They don't want to give it to you. They get weird about it. They're like, here, you, I'll tell you what, you want my Wi-Fi password? Give me your phone. I'll enter it. You ever had a friend like that? Get, give me your phone. I'll put it in. Like they don't trust you with their Wi-Fi password, like you're some unscrupulous character who's going to just show up at their house in the middle of the night, pull into their driveway just so you can stream Hulu. Like, ooh, look at this. I'm taking his Wi-Fi. Like, it's weird when people do that. Yeah, some people have Wi-Fi passwords that are just crazy, you know, crazy long. But just Listen, if you're one of those people that has that password, it should be written down somewhere, and that bad boy should come out of a holster. When somebody asks, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? It should be just like, top drawer, boom, here it is. Enter it. There you go. <laughs> Don't get weird about your Wi-Fi password. I'm not, I haven't been your friend for the last 20 years so that in the year 2020, I can come over and and get a little bit of juice, okay? Don't get weird about it. Just give me the doggone Wi-Fi password. And for the love of Pearl, 
don't use the same password that you use for everything else. Okay, if that's the reason you're being weird, then you're the weird one who's using your Wi-Fi password the same as your bank password. Don't be that guy, okay? Have different passwords. Everybody should have different level of passwords. You got, number one, you got your junk password, right? You got you got the one that's just pure trash. Like you're signing up for some BS, you know, email survey thing, you know, you just like, okay, here you go. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's my BS password. You're welcome. And then you got you like your streaming password. You're like mid-level security password. Like this, this bad boy's connected to my Amazon account. Let's go ahead and make this a little bit harder to understand. And then you got top secret clearance password. Everybody should have three passwords. And the third one is your top secret password. That's the one that's 20 digits long. Nobody's guessing it, even if they got a horseshoe up their ass and, and a crystal ball. You know, nobody's nobody's getting through that one. You need to have that bad boy. And even then, you're going to have to change it. Even then, I mean, how many, how many emails have you gotten over the last year that's like, from a company that you knew and trusted, or maybe you didn't trust them, but a company you knew, and they're like, they just show up in your inbox one day, just like hat in hand, and they're like, hey, uh, bad news, guys. So we kind of accidentally gave everyone on the internet all of your information. So you might want to change that password. <laughs> How many of those emails have you gotten over the last year? Just and and they're big companies. It's like Equifax or something, and and, and like I think even my bank has come in, and and my union has been like, okay, guys, deep breath, but we sort of accidentally left the door open, and. Uh, a bad guy came in and took everything we're not sure but you might want to just go ahead and put a couple extra special characters at the end of your password if you know what i mean so you're gonna have to do that anyway so have three different levels of password and let's go ahead and make the wi-fi the bottom level okay maybe i'm wrong maybe there's a reason we need special things but like if you don't trust your neighbor if, if if your neighbor, uh, you know, doesn't, if he knows your birth date, then maybe he's more of a neighbor. And if he wants to snake a little Wi-Fi when he's in the west wing of his house, that's fine. Okay? But whatever. Wi-Fi password, bottom level. Bottom uh, bucket of your passwords. And then you got your mid-level. And then you got your high top secret clearance that you don't even tell your wife. And you even... Like try and you, you get after you create it, you write it down, but you get drunk, so you forget, so you can't like whisper it out loud in your uh, in your sleep. You don't want that seeping into the subconscious unless Leo DiCaprio's out there trying to incept your brain. You you don't want that in there. So make it, write it down somewhere, top secret, put it in the vault, and then get hammered so it just goes out of your memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three levels of password. I'm sick of these people that lord over their Wi-Fi password. Give me your phone, I'll put it in. They like and they turn their back on you like they cover the they cover the screen like you can't look at can't look at my pin number over here. Like I like shut up. I don't need your $17, okay? <laughs> just just give it to me, okay? You turd. Anyway, that I don't even know how I got off on this tangent, but we are we are opening up our circle 
And uh, with doing that, you know, it's good to have people around with different ideas, different opinions. You know, I've got uh, even in my Facebook. Okay, this is this is a huge pet peeve of mine because people will make a statement on Facebook, something that they believe in, something they think is like absolute fact, but in reality, it's their opinion. And then they say, if you don't agree with this, unfriend me now seen those posts if you if you're one of these people then just go ahead and unfriend me now because i don't want to be like here we are throwing away perfectly good people just because they have a different idea no the problem isn't their difference of opinion or your difference of opinion for that matter the problem is the way you communicate it and the way you look at other people for their opinions now i've had to learn this lesson too okay i've I've been in that case like, man, I don't know if I want to be friends with anybody that thinks this way. And certainly there are lines, but there's this weird political climate that people are just like laying down as fact. And it's like, hey, like we should have differing opinions. That's a good thing. That's why we have a multiple party system. That's why we have a House and a Senate, because even though it's like painful sometimes, and sometimes there's this red tape that feels like, ugh, got to go through this, or I can't believe I got to go over you and you got a different opinion. It's like, it's like a bunch of people trying to agree on what restaurant to eat. People have different tastes. And that's a good thing when it comes to ideas, because if we all, and, and ooh, this is a, this is a risk. And I went down this a few years ago and then I realized what I was doing and I stopped. Uh, but like I'd see someone's opinion that I didn't like on my Facebook feed and I'd go in and I'd unfollow that person. So I'm still friends with them, but I'd unfollow. So I don't see their posts because I didn't agree with it. And then I was like, and, and for a while I was doing that because their posts were either upsetting to me or it, it took a little extra emotional effort to get over what they were saying or to understand what they were saying. And 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 then you end up just getting this what they call just an echo chamber where where you're just hearing people you agree with and that's a dangerous world to be in it's dangerous to be living in a bubble where you can't get out with these dissenting voices cuz we need those like even if you don't agree with them i think what we need to do as as a country is we need to accept it and embrace other people's ideas because god forbid there was only your brain in the world or God forbid there was only my brain in the world. Can you imagine what the world would be like if there were just 3 billion me's out there? We would have nothing. We would still be living in caves. We would literally have almost nothing. Like we would not have the internet. If it were all my brain, I would have never cracked the nut on the internet. I would not, we'd not be flying in airplanes. I would not have made it that far. We would not have television. I, First of all, think about how you're listening to this podcast right now. Like, forget about how I'm recording it right now with batteries and a microphone and a cable going into a little H4 recording device. And later, I'll take the little uh, chip out of the recording device, put it into my computer, upload it into an editing thing to put the intro music and outro music and and then upload it onto the internet and, and write a caption. Forget about all that. Just think about how you're listening to it through your car speakers. Could you make a speaker? If given, even if somebody manufactured the instruments that you don't have any idea how they were made, could you even assemble them? Could you even begin 
to comprehend how to put things together so that you can just listen to it. Forget about the fact that it's maybe coming through headphones, how to build a headphone, but just just the speaker. So few people would even ever be able to do that if you gave them 100 years and 100 of them probably wouldn't figure it out. So imagine the different minds that had to come up with these things like, thank God there are those different people. Thank God for nerds that don't agree with us on anything we say about how to spend our time when they're inside reading books or making discoveries and we're just streaming Netflix. <laughs> thank God for those other people. So when somebody says something you don't agree with, you know, embrace it. Say, I'm glad there are other ideas out there. I may not agree with your idea, but I'm glad there are other ideas out there because certainly I'm not the smartest person in the world. By the way, I may be wrong about this, <laughs> but this is the latest thing I've hatched. And uh, I, I think it's good that we have all these different voices um, out there. And I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn to embrace it, even if it makes me uncomfortable, even if some of people's opinions make me mad. I'm trying to embrace it and 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 see it from their point of view because that's a big thing too right like not only do we all need different things and want different things but we all have these different life experiences that led us to feel the way we need and give the people that we are friends with on facebook i've had to learn to give people a little bit of credit for having their own thoughts and thinking something through you know there are some individuals, and I'm not going to name any names, there are some individuals that just have an instant thought, they don't even think it through, they just, there, it's opinion out on the internet. Well, yeah, in, in that case, I would say, hey man, maybe you should take a beat and consider it before you pop it out there for everybody to see, <laughs> before you get fired for this rant you just went on, maybe you ought to, uh, you know, sleep on it. But most people, I've had to learn to give credit, like, they have had things happen in their lives that have led them to this this epiphany or this thought process, which then now this is their opinion. And it may be different from mine, um, but I give them a little bit of credit. You know, I, I was doing uh, I was doing the uh, the weekly roundup on Sirius XM ninety seven, which can be heard on Fridays, Channel ninety seven. Um, and, and I'm not going to name drop here, but uh, I guess I am. <laughs> I guess I am. But uh, Jeff Foxworthy said something I thought was really poignant in it. And his is a little different. He was saying the government needs to give people a little bit of credit. Like maybe they shouldn't have closed all the small businesses. Like give them a chance to figure out how to creatively serve their customer base uh, during this thing and stay safe. Like we, maybe we didn't have to close them all. We can give people a little bit of credit for uh you know using common sense and i think most people can be given that credit they're outliers there's you know the one percent that are you know knuckle dragger mouth breathers but most people you know you got to give a little credit to and i thought that was very poignant and i think it applies to this you got to give people a little bit of credit for having their own thoughts their own opinions that they have taken the time to consider how they feel and and what the ramifications of that are. And then at the end of it, they say, no, this is still how I feel and this is still the best thing for me and my family. And just because it's different from what I want and what my family needs or wants, like that doesn't invalidate their point, right? So I've had to learn this lesson. And I hope that somehow we can all get to that point 
as a society without without watering down our edge. Like we still need a little bit of edge. We still need to be able to have an argument. Um, but but there are certainly ways to do it that'll attract more people. You know, you can frame it. That's why I love comedy because it can disarm people, and all of a sudden they you can uh, you can make someone think something. You know, through through humor that they wouldn't, you might not have normally gotten to them, um, and, and it's a good way. That's why people like George Carlin were were fun to listen to because even if it wasn't funny, at least it was interesting, right? At least it was a different point of view. You're like, hey, I never thought about it like that, and maybe at the end of it, you you know rattle it around in our brains, and we think, ah, no, he's he's a moron, he's wrong, but maybe maybe it opened up something new. And I'm trying to do that. You know, if I can't get out there and work, at least maybe I can grow as a human being. And and I like to do that. I I catch I catch some hell from people in my life <laughs> um, that you know uh, days where I'm working, I'm sitting at a computer. You know, I'll fall down rabbit holes. I'll go down an internet rabbit hole, and sometimes it's a huge waste of time. Most times. I'll say that most times when I go down an internet wormhole where I'm just like looking at something and all of a sudden I'm clicking and all, and next thing you know, I'm looking at, you know, 10 celebrities who you didn't know were dead. And I'm like, how did I get to this point? Well, it's cause I, oh yeah, I went here and here and here. And oh, that, now that led me to here. Um, and most of it's a huge waste of time, but some of it is filling myself with different ideas. That's why I like to try and and read books, listen to different podcasts, listen to different audiobooks, um, hear different points of view. Cause I consider myself, I consider myself like a Costco value jug of lemonade, right? Like, and I, and then I try and pour it out to an audience. This, oh God, this is, <laughs> If you're still listening, God bless you, because this is sort. This maybe is is either really poignant or it's gone off the rails. I consider myself to be something that gets poured out to other people, and hopefully, I'm allowed to. Uh, I'm able to give people a little bit of flavor, a little bit of something that they weren't used to getting through laughter. But in order to do that, I got to fill myself up, right? Like I gotta, I gotta learn a bunch of things. I gotta catch a different point of view. I gotta get all these things, put them into my compression software that's in my brain and whittle it down to something I think is funny, which this podcast has not become. <laughs> um, but but then I whittle it down, I condense it down, I put the sugar in it, and then I pour it out to people. But then, you know, after you've recorded an album or after you've done a couple shows, you, you kind of pour it out. Like people said, well, I've heard this already. And then you got to fill yourself back up. So I have to go down lots of different wormholes. I've got to go down a lot of different avenues to figure out how to fill it up and then whittle it down, condense it into something that's palatable, hopefully, on stage. And I've gotten pretty good about the stage thing, even though I haven't hit a stage in, I think, 70 days now. Uh, I was getting pretty good at doing that, at least in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I'm still mastering the podcast. <laughs> I think you and I can both agree we've got a long way to go. But it's taken steps. If you go back and listen to episode one of the Hoffcast, oof, that's got to be some tough audio to, to, <laughs> to digest. Uh, hopefully we've gotten better at this over the last two years. And I'm going to continue to get better. And, um, and I, I don't let me know 
if uh, you enjoy it when I have guests on or if you kind of just like me sitting here rambling. Uh, I think most people, from what I've heard, enjoy kind of a mix and, and certain guests are hit and miss, but I like I like to try and get a wide variety of people on this. Now we've now we've really digressed, haven't we? Um, let's see what what else is happening out there. I watched. Uh, I haven't finished it. I've watched several episodes of The Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan ESPN documentary. I don't know if anybody else out there has partaken in that. Uh, enjoying it enjoying it it's in a time when there are no sports on what you know what a great thing for espn they weren't going to release it until like june and now they they brought it out and it's 10 episodes they're all out there espn.com you can watch all of them i think they're going to put it on netflix here in a little bit if it's not already there but boy it's kind of fun to relive the 90s glory days and and i know they're just trying to you know they have no sports to report on so they're just trying to you know eke as much information out of it as possible but some of the things i was seeing was like "Ooh, michael jordan wasn't a nice guy people wonder how this will affect his legacy not at all not at all in my opinion like you watch it and yeah he's hard on his teammates that but that's that did we have any misconceptions of what a field general is supposed to be like he doesn't have to be everybody's best friend he's trying to get the best out of everybody he's around and sometimes that means yelling at someone um you know i i used to play in a in a flag football league and a comedy basketball league and i would have to text all the players on my team after every game like sorry for yelling and i'm not trying to compare myself to michael jordan but i am basically michael jordan (laughs) of uh, the rec league like i demanded uh, the, I, I tried to demand the best out of myself and I wanted that for my teammates as well. So it, it, some of it was harsh, but that's the way I, I saw to get that done. And that's how Jordan did it. And I, it doesn't, did you really expect him to be the best ever basketball player and a really nice guy? <laughs> I don't know that you could be both of those things. I don't know that you can be great at both of those. Maybe you can. I, I think Brian Regan's that. For those of you who don't know, Brian Regan is one of the greatest comics of all time. If you haven't heard of him, this is you can consider this uh, this week's version of Hoff Recommends. Don't think twice. Take his advice. This is Hoff Recommends. Both The Last Dance on ESPN and Brian Regan's comedy. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are on Spotify, I am currently curating a uh, best of comedy playlist that I will be sharing here in the next few weeks where I've taken like little bits from all my favorite comics and I'm going to put them in a playlist and I'll share them with you guys on the podcast in a few weeks. I'm currently putting all my favorites together. Brian Regan is on there. If you haven't heard of him, check out his, I think it's his 97, 1997 album, uh, Brian Regan Live. Listen to that. It's going to kill you with laughter. Uh, but that's this week's Hoff Recommends. I don't know where we... Oh, yeah, but, you know, everybody consider his him a nice guy. But if you watch, you know, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Seinfeld, they, he talks about it. He's like, you know, you seem like a happy-go-lucky guy, but you watch your stuff and you see there's bite to it. There's an edge there. And I think a lot of comedy has that. That's got a little bit of sarcasm. Like, sarcasm isn't nice. 
that's not a that's not a kind trait. So I don't know if you can be like the best ever at something and be considered a really nice guy. In fact, that's that's like the antithesis of what makes you good is when like when somebody calls you a nice guy, like they say, oh, is he I know of this comedian. Is he good? And people say, oh, he's a really nice guy. Like that means you're not a good comedian. (laughs) And I hope people consider me both. So I don't know. I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit here. Uh, but I, I, I suppose if you talk to my wife, you talk to my family, they'd say, you know what? He can be a dick. He can be a dick. I think by and large, I'm a nice and fair guy, but I can absolutely be a turd. Absolutely. I'm willing to accept that. I, sometimes I am a turd on fire, as I think probably most people are. But, um, you know, I, I remember when, when Nebraska hired Mike Riley as a coach for their college football team and everybody goes, who? And everybody goes, Oh, who, who is he? Is he, is he a good coach? And they'd be like, Oh, he's the nicest guy. You're like, Oh, damn it. <laughs> that means he's a terrible coach. And well, uh, three, I think he had three seasons, pretty, uh, pretty lackluster there in the wind column. But yeah, he was a heck, ah, oh, shucks. He was a heck of a nice guy. That's what people say, but not a great winner. So yeah, Michael Jordan, it doesn't I didn't need him to be a nice guy. I, I wanted him to yell at his teammates when they screwed up because that's what that's what brought up about near perfection. And then the other thing uh, for the documentary, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't think I am. This was you know widely reported, but people were feeling sorry for Scottie Pippen uh, for in his last year of his contract. I think he signed right before the Bulls won. Uh, their first of six championships in like 91 or whatever, he signed a seven-year, $18 million deal or like a six-year, $18 million deal. So he's making two and a half roughly million dollars a year on his base salary. And people are like, he is, in that last year, he was like the 110th highest paid player in the NBA, but the fifth uh, leading scorer. They're like, he's grossly underpaid. And okay, yeah, he may have been underpaid uh, for what he was doing, but he signed that contract in 91. $18 million was a hell of a lot of money. It's still a hell of a lot of money to make $2.5 million. And I felt myself feeling sorry watching it for Scottie Pippen. I was like, oh, man, yeah, he is underpaid. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to feel sorry for anybody that's making $2.5 million base salary for playing a game. I'm not going to do it, okay? That's not counting what he's making on a shoe contract, uh, being on a Wheaties box, playing uh, for Team USA, all the endorsement contracts he got there, the speaking engagements. He probably got money for being in this documentary. I'm not going to feel bad for Scottie Pippen. Maybe you were underpaid, but that doesn't mean I have to feel bad for you, okay, Scotty? I feel bad for myself. I'm grossly underpaid. <laughs> Sitting over here doing this podcast for free, trying to entertain the masses. Uh, and I'm happy to do it. So I don't feel sorry for Scotty because I don't feel sorry for myself. Uh, but it, if you feel sorry for me, feel free to uh, Venmo me. Sign up for my Patreon. I'm going to I'm gonna start doing that, by the way. I'm going to slowly, without advertising it, I'm going to slowly put things on my Patreon, which if you don't know what that is, don't, don't, uh, don't sign up for it yet. But be aware that it's coming because uh, I'm going to put a lot of good content on there. And that's going to be like some uh, bonus for people 
for people that want extra content, that people want bonus episodes of the Hoffcast, if you want to see behind-the-scenes footage of my tour life, things like that, uh, get early access to jokes and and uh, specialized merchandise. I'm going to put things up there, but it's not ready yet, so don't don't go to it yet, but just be aware of it. Um, it it's something that's kind of cool and exciting that uh, will be launched hopefully by the end of the year. But I want to make sure it's it's up to snuff and it's something really cool for you guys when it gets up there. Um, but all that being said, no live shows on the horizon. I still have dates in Detroit, uh, that haven't been canceled, but I haven't heard from the club in a while either. But end of June, I do have some comedy clubs are opening up. I've got, uh, dates in Detroit and then I've got a bunch of stuff in the fall. All those dates can be seen on nickhoff.com. And I'm thankful. I, you know, it's easy to get depressed. It's easy to look at all the bad things that are happening right now and that you're locked indoors and you're not seeing all your friends and you can't go to your favorite restaurants. Easy to feel down in the dumps about everything we don't have. But all that being said, I am happy to be alive. You know, when was the last time you sat down and you thought about all the times that you came close to dying? Like, if you got any age to you, there's probably a handful of times (laughs) you like stare death in the face even if it was just for an instant like most of mine are just like i've never been been super sick or anything but i've i've had moments where i've like uh like i think i can count i sat down and i kind of made a list the other day of all the times i was like boy i probably should have been dead right there like um like i remember in high school i jumped on the side of josh leth's uh he had like a Bronco, like a Ford Bronco, and they had like the baseboard that you could stand on getting into the car, and like uh, he had like some sort of topper thing on top that you could grab on. I like jumped on the side, and he just peeled out in the back parking lot of our high school, and I don't know how fast he was going, but he was going way too fast to have a human being on the outside of his car, and he came around a corner, and I just bailed. I just, I was like, this is going to end badly. And I just like jumped off. I don't know how fast, maybe he was going 15, 20 miles an hour, way too fast to be the exoskeleton of a giant vehicle. <laughs> and, and I was like, man, that could have been way worse. Like, I think I just had like a skin knee and maybe I hit my shoulder on the fence that I crashed into. Um, they had like this wooden fence that I crashed into. And I was like, man, that could have been way worse. But there are a handful of other things. Um, like, uh, I remember when my wife and I went to London and traffic's on the other side of the street and we were trying to cross and you got to like your instinct as an American is to look, um, is to look left first. Cause that's the closest traffic to you, right? When you're going to step off a curb, the, the traffic that's going to be closest to you is coming from the left. And then, you know, most lazy people are people that just like are, automatic will you know look left nothing's coming take a step off the curb and then look right as you're about to jaywalk (laughs) and that way you can see okay i'm fine on the left now is anything coming from the right but you've already made you know some steps so that if you've got a gap you can go and i remember going there and i looked to the left and i started to take a step but traffic the closest traffic to you when you're on the sidewalk is coming from the right. And I hadn't processed that. I look to the left. I start to take a step. And all of a sudden, one of those red double-decker buses just right in front of me. No honk. No, it was like he knew I was American and he was going for me. No honk, nothing. It just like, I would say 18 inches in front of my face goes this double-decker bus just 
and I was half a second. A half a second later, I'd have been toast. I'd have been splattered on the front of that bus. I was like, ooh. And I looked at Sarah, and I was like, that was almost the end of the vacation. Like, yeah, we just got here, but would you have Would you have been like, well, I'm not going to let this ruin things. Like, now I can have two meals instead of one. That's what we budgeted for. I'll pick your body up on the way back to the States. Where'd you leave your passport so I can get your all the pieces of you back? Um, there I almost died. Um, I remember, uh, heading back. I went my freshman year of college. I went to, uh, Blink-182 concert down in Nashville. It's like a four hour drive from Bloomington, Indiana. And there were four of us that went. And so after the concert, you know what? It's like 11 o'clock at night. We start back. So we're going to get back at three and we're going down this two lane highway and all of a sudden it ends. But for whatever reason, I didn't see that it was ending, and I end up blasting through this stop sign at whatever it was, 65 miles an hour, and and we cross this highway. Thank God cars weren't coming from either direction. And then it like, it could have just been, I careened, it had the, had the, the road came to a T, but luckily on the other side of the T was a little park, like a little gravel parking lot, and I just flew over this T section of the road and into this parking lot, and I'm like, and I hit the brakes and we like skid out in there. I mean, that could have easily been off into a river, into a lake, whatever. That's how you find people like, well, we, and this was kind of before. So I don't know that I had a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone at that time. It could have just been launched off the edge. People have been like, I have no idea where he is. They wouldn't have looked halfway between Nashville in Bloomington, it would have taken them forever to figure out where the hell they were. And six months later, the car would have like been seen by some helicopter or something, and they would have dug us all out of there. Um, I'm laughing. It's nervous laughter. Um, and then the other time I almost died uh, was driving through the Colorado Rockies. Uh, for those of you who have gone through the Eisenhower Tunnel, you know this drive well. You know, you're kind of going up as you're heading west, and you go through this Eisenhower Tunnel, which is like, at 60 miles an hour, it takes like a minute to get through. And we always play this game. Ever since I was a little kid, you try and hold your breath go- going through this tunnel, right? You're like, everybody holds their breath as we go through. And you go, and it's hard to hold your breath for a minute, especially at that elevation. It's hard to hold your breath for a solid minute. And I think this was when uh, it was a time when Sarah and I were driving west and we we're trying to make good time and we're going through this and the weather wasn't really that bad. It was like light snow. But then you get in this tunnel and it's dry and it's well lit and, it, you know, the weather is not impacted and we're holding our breath. It's so stupid. So stupid. I do not recommend this. I does not recommend this. Holding your breath through the Eisenhower Tunnel. And because I'm trying to make it. I'm speeding up going through the tunnel. You know, you know, 60 miles an hour takes a minute. You know, obviously at 80 miles an hour, it's going to take 45 seconds. So maybe I can hold it for 45 seconds. So I'm speeding up. And whatever reason, on the other side of the tunnel, the weather like was dramatically worse. I don't know how that's possible just on one side of the mountain or the other. But whatever it was, it had piled up. Maybe they had just plowed on my side. I don't know what it was. But we like exit i'm like <gasps> like trying to hold my breath in the last second and we freaking come out of the eisenhower tunnel at like 80 miles an hour and hit like big huge patches of snow and like slowed down traffic and i just have to like 
slam on the brakes as to not spin out, but also to stop fairly quickly. And I cannot believe the car responded the way it did. I must have hit it like right in the last dry patch and gotten way reduced in speed because you don't see it like you're going through the Eisenhower Tunnel, which is well lit, but then you can't really see what's on the outside of that came careening out and both Sarah and I were like, good God. (laughs) And that's another time when it just would have been like a 17 car pileup, like some a-hole speeding. And then they would have said, Nick Hoff died, caused this huge car crash. Uh, turns out, not a nice guy. <laughs> Decent comedian, turns out, not a nice guy. It would have been way too early for me to be considered a good comedian. Wait, this is probably 2007. So way too early in the career to be considered good. They'd have been like, mediocre comedian kills a bunch of people uh, just out, just west of the Eisenhower Tunnel. Uh, autopsy shows he was never going to make it the 45 seconds to hold his breath. Lung capacity was way too weak. He was born that way. That's how he is. Had chronic bronchitis. Never would have made it. Um, so I don't know. I, have you ever sat down and made a list of all the times you're like, man, I should have been dead. So thank God I'm still alive. That's what I did the other day. And I'm like, you know what? For all the things I don't have, at least I have life. Uh, you know, <laughs> the good Lord shined on me in those moments, made sure I was taken care of, sent an angel or whatever. I mean, angels have to be rolling their eyes, right? If if my guardian angel is still around, if he hasn't given up on me, he is rolling his eyes going, Are really? You're going to make light of all these times I had to sit there and personally push down on the hood of your car? It's kind of It's kind of terrifying to see how many times... Uh, it's been uh, car related <laughs> for me. I don't know if that's if you have the same experience. You're like, yeah, all the times I should have died, I was in a car, which they say that's one of the riskiest things we do on a day to day basis as human beings. And in in all these years of life, there can count more than on one hand of the times I should have been toast. But I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to continue to bip it through life uh, however many times it shows the doom guardian angel do not leave me i need you now more than ever uh and keep watch over every one of uh the doom doom bippers out there stay safe everybody stay happy stay alive i'll catch you next week